Welcome back to On the Horizon podcast, hosted by Jesse Sage and Melrose Michaels. First, thank you so much for becoming a premium subscriber and supporting our podcast. This is getting you extra exclusive, unheard and unseen footage from each interview that we have on the horizon. King Noir is an accomplished writer, artist, MC, and global activist using the proceeds from his album, Music Is My Weapon, to build a school, freshwater well, and medical clinic in Guinea-Bissau, West Africa. Before we filmed, you said that you brought a bag out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to see what's in your bag. So, bag of twice. Let's say we, uh, let's say... Melrose and I like hire you to come in and do a fetish session with us. She says this as my husband texts me, by the way. (laughs) People should know he's got a spidey sense. (laughs) He's like, what are y'all doing right now? Nothing, I swear. What do you you bring? Uh, Well, so like I was just telling y'all beforehand, I have an extremely extensive whole bag that has to get checked. (laughs) I I can't... um, I can't bring it as as a carry on. um, So I I, I like to I like to say to people, you know, let's let's just go through a couple of things. Are you into impact play? Mm -hmm. I'm asking you. This is your session right now. (laughs) Yeah, I thought this was hypothetical. Yeah. So impact play. Are you are you more of a, a thuddy person or a sting person? So, you know, think of a thud as as this part of your hand. Yeah. If you're getting spanked and think of a sting as this part of your hand, the middle is more of a cup, so that makes the sound. But the oh. thud mm-hmm. and the sting. Thud. Yeah, I'm okay. me too. So I have a good range of them. Let's see what I, what I can actually reach in this bag right now. So the, the most thuddy shit I got in my bag right now, this is oh. a, a deer antler. A deer it antler? Is, yes. Is it really? It really is. Wow. Do you have vegan options? I do have vegan options as well. Yes. Um, But this is actually from somebody who uses the entire animal. So that's that's amazing. That's why I I respect it with it. But um, so like, for example, some people are like, hell no, this is going to mark me up ridiculously. But there's different ways to use it. Like you can also just use it for feel because it it has like a lot of texture to it. Also for 30, I have... A very nice um, mm-hmm. vegan paddle right here for you. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, my hands. I, I really like to use my hands in different ways because I have, I personally, I guess, I have, a, I have a fetish for gloves. I like mm. using gloves in sessions. So I have gloves with different feels, anything from like oh. construction gloves all the yeah. way to like latex gloves that provide different feels for specs. Yeah. Um, I'm a hand then, person. I like hands. Yeah. Yes. And also, you know, floggers. I have one of those. Yeah, I have a few. These are these are always my favorite. Mm-hmm. So that's that's some of the stuff that I could reach for the for the thuddy stuff. And then, you know, for people who like more sting, I got my dragon tail right here. This is one yeah. of my favorites. Then I guess I guess oh, I have a whole lot of different items. I could actually use this for some thud, but this this is something i like to i like to use this is actually oh, saran that's wrap. like a saran wrap oh. thing yeah okay this is, this is for saran wrap for people who like mummification fetish uh-huh um which is also goes really really well with impact play because mm. you get held into one position and you already have this one feeling of the of the saran wrap or yeah. latex or, or whatever we're mummifying you in yeah and it like heightens your senses because you're not able to move. You're not able to get away from that, from that sensation yeah. or that feeling. Mm-hmm. So that's what like going back to what I said earlier about there's no, 
like to me, if you're making love the same way twice, you're doing it wrong. And it's the same kind of thing oh, when like it comes that. to fetishes. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, how you just said, oh, I, I like thuds, but I need vegan options. You know what I'm saying? Like there's someone else out there that's like, hit me with a raw steak, please. You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody is everybody is different. So yeah. I think I think that that's what makes it fascinating. You know, mm-hmm. like so many people think like, for example, like, you know, one of the fetishes, whenever you ask about fetishes that people think about first and foremost, everybody's like foot fetish. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to somebody who's really, really into feet, everybody is really, really different. Like some people mm-hmm. like, I like people who the bottom of their feet, you can see the the blood, like people who have red, more red on the bottom of their feet. And other mm-hmm. people like, no, I like people where you it's more like their skin tone or mm-hmm. I like toes. I like arches, you know, or calluses like or calluses, dirty yep. feet I, walking around the floor. I am a sneakerhead. You know what I'm saying? I like shoes. So mm-hmm. not just shoes on my feet, but I, I love shoes on, on, on women's feet as well. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like that's it's all very, very different. And that's what I find fascinating. Yeah. And what you do with it, too, because like I had someone that would hire me to take take pictures of me stomping little things in high heels. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was like its own thing, too. And I was like, yeah. I feel like this falls under foot fetish, but I'm not entirely sure. Maybe like yep. being small fetish and giant yeah. fetish. But Giantist stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, I used to have somebody who wanted me to talk about like how dirty my house was like, and I'm walking around the house, like my dirty house with bare feet and my feet are going to be so dirty. That's so funny. I want to touch on, because especially now that you brought up like things like mummification and fetishes that I would say a lot of more vanilla people listening to this might not have even considered, or it was not top of mind for them or even in their line of sight. But like some of these fetishes have a lot of like, real roots and things like trust and intimacy. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know if you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think um, like mummification, for example, uh, sometimes people want to just feel the same way you feel from holding, I mean, having a um, weighted blanket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That security, that, Mm -hmm. that tightness, that, that feeling of, of, of security that you have when you're, when you're wrapped up, in, in yeah. somebody's in somebody's love, basically, yeah. you know, or, or, like going back yeah, to swallowing. Swallow. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, even even like like for me, like my my fetish is it's random, but like for flogging, I did martial arts for most of my my youth. Mm. When I saw somebody throwing a flogger, I was like, "Holy shit!" Pleasurable nunchucks, like you. Get yeah, the fuck out yeah. of here. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I enjoy the uh, athleticism and working on accuracy and, and mm. just the physicality that's involved in it. Like, I like I like that feel of it, right? Yeah. Um, and then some people from the impact, you know, you're getting all these waves through your body, especially if it's on your lower half that you get um, going through your pedendal nerve and, and people like that feeling of sensation. Uh, some people like that that closeness to danger, but you're mm-hmm. not really in a dangerous situation. You're mm-hmm, close yeah. with your dom who's making sure that you're safe. But the items you use, like like I'm into knife play. So a lot of people that that I that I have who are into knife play like that feel of possible danger and taking it up like another level. I have mm-hmm. uh clients who've hired me for like consensual kidnappings and things like mm-hmm. that. And they like the idea of completely losing all control. Yeah. And the idea that what they do 
is keeping them, you know, sharp and in the moment and all of these yeah. things, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and, and even with something like a uh, consensual kidnapping scenario, people have all kinds of different ideas of how they want it to go. They're like, I want to fuck my way out of it. Or, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to know what's going to happen. I don't want to know when it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. that could come from, you know, places in their past where they had no control over a situation yeah. that mm-hmm. now they are able to control reclaim and and work through some trauma through yeah. their their BDSM session. And I do say for anybody who's interested in doing that, also do that with uh, working with a therapist. You yeah. don't want mm-hmm. the BDSM session to be your only way of working through trauma, but it definitely is something that can help. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad that you bring this up because I feel like um, – a lot of people will talk about the fact that like BDSM for them is therapeutic, is therapeutic or it feels yeah. therapeutic or it's healing in some mm-hmm. way. Um, do you want to like speak to that or as to why that could be for people? Well, I mean, I, I think kind of just going back to what I said of if you were ever in a scenario or a situation where you had no control and it wasn't something that was positive, being able to revisit that. Yeah. Whether it's through BDSM or, or some other kind of role play that that mm-hmm. that people use with their therapists. It, and I'm not saying do BDSM with your therapist. That's the whole thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, like role play that you yeah. do with your therapist to yeah. walk you through certain scenarios, yeah. to talk out um, situations you might have been in. You know, BDSM can do that and it can also do it. In, in ways that aren't specifically tied to things that you've been through. But I know like there's a lot of catharsis and pain. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, and, and like I said, I did martial arts for most of my life. Like there was something for me about uh, sparring and getting in the ring with boxing. Like when I get hit, I'm not thinking about doing my taxes or whatever yeah. the fuck else is out there. Like, yeah. I'm just like, I'm not getting it's hit like, again. It's very centering. <laughs> yeah. Very or, or whatever. Or, or I got to take this, I got to take and fight through this pain. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people look at it that way. I know a lot of people who enjoy getting suspended, um, you know, like with rope or shibari and, and yeah. are suspended from the ground because they're like, in that moment, there's nothing else that I can think of other than yeah. this rope that is, you know, tightening or tightening around my body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that happens for subs. And also, like, I can speak for myself, like as a dom, um, I have to pay so much attention yeah. to my bottom or my sub in those scenarios that I am not thinking about anything else that could stress me out yeah. because I want to make sure that they're safe as we get through this session. So, you know, that's cathartic. Yeah. The Pittsburgh marathon is today and I haven't been a marathon runner in like, I was going to more than a, too. more than a decade, but I used to be a marathon runner and I feel yeah. like that was my experience of long distance running was like, I thought when I got into it, like when I first started it, I was like, I'm going to go on these long runs and I'm going to like have all these like, profound thoughts and it turned out that i didn't have like any thoughts at all but that was like the good thing about it was like the only thought i'm having is like just make it to the next poll and then to the next like thing and then to the next thing and it was just like left right left right left right i was going to relate it differently to the pain not pain i guess but like having to overcome when you're physically like done and tired but then the mental kicks in and that is such an experience of like oh i'm so much stronger than i thought i was and then getting to relive that through running Mm -hmm. that's a powerful thing too for sure yeah
Mistress Kay has been in the adult scene for more than 35 years. She started as a brothel madam at a young age and now is a highly regarded and respected kink specialist and educator. I read on your website that you are a former brothel madam and I want to know about that, (laughs) which isn't about our topic, but I'm curious how that happened. You want to hear something weird? I All right. Yeah. I don't don't even believe this is happening. All day today, I was thinking about that. All day. Really? Because we were talking about it. All day. All day. And you know how I reached out to you and I was like, I'm having these weird psychic-y things. Please don't think I'm a freak and a weirdo. Like, I kind of hate that I have this. I've had it my whole life. I, I absolutely, I can't say hate. I don't like that word. But... It felt like something today. So you're freaking me out a little bit, telling me that you were. I'm sorry. You guys I were talking about it today. Like, Is that what you oh, said? We were. Because yeah. I was like, I didn't know that about you. And that's interesting. And I was just curious. Yeah. What I was thinking about today is um, I had mentioned it about a year or so ago publicly. And I got slammed a little bit like pimp. Um and I was thinking about that today because I was like, oh, no. And someday and I was thinking someday I'm going to tell the story because it's absolutely not that because I loathe pimps. I loathe street yeah. pimps. So I was thinking about that today about saying to you guys at some point in the future, could I come on and let's I want to talk about this. So the fact that you're bringing That's it up now, wow. it's freaking yeah. me out. So I would, <laughs> well, I, I would love the opportunity yeah. to a little bit about it. Sure. Yeah, I think that's the sign that we're, we were supposed to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I think so, too. It's freaking me out a little bit. I don't get rattled easy, but this kind of thing, you know. Uh, let's see. So, um, Jesse, you, you may have seen me over the years talk about my best friend of, I guess, like this year is going to be 40 years. And um, She has DID, which most people know as multiple personality disorder. And I probably wouldn't believe that it's a real thing if I didn't live it for the past four decades. And um, it was actually her that um, was the catalyst for me getting involved with that because one of her personalities has this very complex relationship with men like can't live mm. without them, but hates them at the same time. Mm. Um, so we were very young. We were um, probably minors. I, I, I can't remember quite that age range. But I would go to check on her. And that just sort of morphed into me tending to her, then me tending to some of the other women that worked there. And I was mm-hmm. doing things like privately... Um, they would hide money from their pimps. So mm-hmm. I was setting up like a little bank. Um, wow. The fact that they even trusted me with their money and trusted me not to out them to their pimp, like all this yeah. trust I couldn't believe. Mm-hmm. So they would squirrel away a little bit of money and I put it in an envelope and I would hold it for them. And that just part, they were more productive um, and happier people because they sort of had this exit plan. Mm-hmm. And, that morphed into me caring for more and more uh, of the people that work there. And then one of the um, the night managers got caught skimming. And I thought, are you out of your mind skimming from 
these like South Philly Italians. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> um, so, and looking back at it now, it's kind of rare that they would even trust a woman back in the 80s mm-hmm. yeah. in that position. Yeah. But they did. Mm-hmm. And that's how it parlayed. So I, I took full advantage because I just wanted to help the women any way I mm-hmm. could, any way they needed. Yeah. And I set up like one of my conditions was okay i'll do this if i can set up an in-house bank where we actually use the the where i'm not carrying the money the money is dropped into the floor safe um if they want to exit plan we're going to help them exit plan and Mm -hmm. you know you kind of wouldn't think that they would go along with that but they did and um and it worked out really well and that was sort of the main reason i was there um like I have such great memories of that time because mm. of the relationships that I built. I'm still friends with yeah. some of those women now, 40, you know, like wow. 35, 30 years later. Yeah. yeah. So that's how it started. Um, and then it just sort of grew because they owned other spots throughout Philadelphia. So mm-hmm. I would oversee those as well. And um, it was mostly me wanting to advocate for women. Mm-hmm. And that's that's, really that's where a lot of my advocacy for sex workers started. Wow! wow. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, so interesting. I that's love like that. a I super definitely nutshell. dig into that more at some point. Like that's, that's anytime. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah. I mean, I got stories at the wazoo. So anytime, yeah. We hope you enjoyed this bonus footage from this episode of On the Horizon, and we look forward to having you tune in next time. <laughs>